Hello, dear listener. It's great to have you here, and I very much hope that your new year has been healthy and positive so far. This episode of the Car Minute podcast is all about beginnings, which seems timely given we're at the start of 2022 and resolutions and intentions are very much in the air. Maybe you've told yourself this year is the year where you'll finally stop procrastinating and start that new hobby or activity you've been meaning to try. Well, as a busy woman, you have legitimate constraints on your time and finances. That certainly makes it more difficult to take that class or book that course. But the real reasons behind your avoidance are much more nuanced. So today, I'm here to help you embrace the process of being a novice. I know how uncomfortable and challenging it can feel, but there's so much to gain on the journey and lots of ways to make it an enjoyable experience. Stick with me as I offer some tips and tricks that encourage you to take a leap of faith and start doing the things that bring you joy, purpose and fulfilment without the stress. So let's kick off with the big question. What is it that stops us in our tracks when it comes to doing something new? Your reasons are probably not so different from the ones that kept me from studying, starting the calm edit, or going to exercise classes. As one of those self-labelled perfectionists, I was worried about looking stupid, feeling stupid, and sounding stupid. I agonised that I was too old, not intelligent enough, not trendy enough, not wealthy enough, and that I didn't have the right tools or equipment. I was intimidated by the unknown. I was scared that I might not be able to commit to the thing I'd invested my time and money into. And I was concerned about being judged by friends, family and strangers. I took each idea or dream and I wrapped it up in a big bow of fear. I believed that ultimately I would fail at whatever I tried. So it was easy for me to put off decision making and stay exactly where I was. And then in 2019, I stumbled across the book, How to Fail, Everything I've Ever Learned from Things Going Wrong, by Elizabeth Day. It was a book inspired by her brilliant podcast, How to Fail with Elizabeth Day, where she interviews famous guests and celebrities about their three biggest failures and the lessons they learned. After practically inhaling the book, I came to realise that there's so much to be gained amidst the heartbreak, stress and disappointment of failure. It's in the process of trying and inevitably failing that we learn the most important lessons and can move on to new paths, adventures and choices. Now I realise that if you're a cautious, risk-averse or at times anxious personality type, this episode isn't going to result in an overnight epiphany when it comes to trying new activities, hobbies or ideas. Nor are you likely to approach them with complete abandon and childlike enthusiasm. But there are some things I can recommend to make it a more positive and life-affirming experience. After all, the whole point of doing these things is to have a bit of fun. So tip number one, whatever it is you're looking to do, be that learn a foreign language, design jewellery, create art, start an engineering course, take up marathon running, weave baskets, learn to roller skate, start a business, travel, However big or small the thing is, 
you have to do it for you. If you're influenced by the wants and needs of others, then you're far less likely to enjoy it or to stick with it when challenges present themselves. So make sure the motivations are your own. Let others inspire you, of course, but always be the one driving your own pursuits. Tip two is to find a teaching style that you enjoy. This one can be a little bit tricky because sometimes you won't know that a style doesn't work for you until you're in front of it. But ask yourself, are you a hands-on learner? Do you like visual aids? Do you need time to process information or practice techniques before being asked to apply them? Are you a solo learner? Or do you like to engage with a community, peers or accountability partners? If you can pin down these things and then find out how something will be delivered and whether that aligns with your preferences, it can take out a little of the stressful guesswork. Summaries, breakdowns, lives, videos and testimonials are all great ways of gauging whether a product, package, course or experience is right for you. And don't be afraid to contact whoever is running things to ask more questions. If they're the real deal, they won't mind. Moving on to the third tip, which is to forget trying to become an expert overnight, or indeed an expert at all. I said it earlier, but I used to have a genuine level of discomfort at being a beginner. So to rid myself of the feeling, I would endeavour to get good at something, and quickly. Or I would look at a teacher or guide and want to be at their level straight away, completely disregarding and disrespecting the years of study, practice and dedication they'd invested into their own journey. The problem with my approach was that I would inevitably cut corners and skip over key information, which really just took me further away from improving. And in the process, I extinguished much of the joy or creativity I went in with, all because I didn't want to sit with the feeling of starting something new. Whatever you're thinking of doing, and however simple you think it might be, learning is never linear or straightforward. It takes you on twists and turns, throws you for a loop, and lands you on a trajectory you couldn't even see when you started. And that's the magic of it. The quick and dirty method is not the way to master something and make it your own. That can only come from a willingness to be consistently engaged and curious, and to deepen knowledge and understanding over weeks, months, and even years. Mistakes, wobbles, frustrations and setbacks are completely normal and to be expected. These days, I'd rather be an enthusiastic student doing it wrong but learning than pretending I have it all figured out. Tip four is a little controversial but it's to not always go for the free or cheap option when it comes to learning something new. I know budgets can be super constraining and I wouldn't ever want to stop you from trying something. So if the free route is the only one you can take, then by all means, use it. It can be a wonderful way to get a taster of something without having to commit to costs up front. But I would caveat that by saying that occasionally... Those offering free training will sometimes be looking for a financial gain further down the road, and so they'll find ways to build this in as part of how students progress. For example, let's say you start a free graphic design course which gives you access to tutorials and lives. Sounds perfect. Except that after joining, you learn that you can actually only see half of the modules for free. The rest are restricted until you subscribe, at a special discount of course, 
to an affiliated piece of software or kit. You get the point. Avoiding unpleasant surprises like this is a little easier when a transaction is involved. You know what you're getting up front and what additional costs will be required if you want to upskill or develop. And you're also more protected and have more rights as a paying customer than when signing up for something free. In the case of a more practical activity, how safe is the equipment or environment? Are things being maintained if no one is paying for them? As I said, I definitely don't want to discourage you from trying things out for free. And there are plenty of amazing resources out there that are. It's just always worth checking out the fine print before signing up to anything. Let's move on to tip number five, and that's to get feedback and regularly. This one is so key when you're starting out with a new activity, because what we don't know, we don't know. When I'm practicing yoga on my own, I'm trying to follow the guidance on the screen as best I can, but ultimately I'm not necessarily going to see when I need to correct my posture, footing or change my breathing. So I do two things. One is to sometimes film all or part of a workout so I can check my form. And the other is to join live classes so that my amazing teacher can correct and guide me. She encourages students to send her clips of postures so that she can provide tips and improvements. This genuinely works and means I can perform moves more safely and confidently. Just so you know, there's nothing wrong with getting feedback on the activities you try. Teachers and mentors aren't experts for nothing, so let them guide you and help to keep you accountable. I've got two final bits of advice when it comes to starting something new. Tip six is to start something without pressure or expectation of an end goal. This won't apply to everything, of course. Sometimes you'll be learning something because it serves a particular purpose for business or a personal goal or ritual. But every once in a while, try to learn something for the simple pleasure of opening your mind and heart to new experiences. Just because you choose to paint, make candles or garden, it doesn't mean you have to sell the pictures or open up an Etsy shop or grow prize-winning plants. Just being in the moment, doing the things you enjoy, messing it up and starting again is honestly enough. You don't need to attach any level of importance to it or share it on socials. It can be for you alone. A creative form of meditation, if you like. So to my last bit of advice, which you may have expected me to say first, but it's to get yourself in a good headspace when beginning something. A lot of people do this at the start of their day or before they go into a job interview. So why not before embarking on a new activity? Affirmations are brilliant for this because they can help strengthen decision-making, improve confidence levels and provide clarity around our motivations. But you kind of need to know your why before you make them which is why I've put this tip last. If you like the sound of affirmations, you could try something like, I am open to this new experience and I have all of the tools I need within me to start. Or, I will seek guidance, not because I'm lacking, but because I'm ready to grow. Or maybe, learning is my daily practice. I will find laughter, joy and comfort in the process of being a student. Anything along these lines is great. Just use them regularly, and particularly when doubts start to creep in about your ability to do something or to progress. 
So that's it for today, my calm-seeking friend. My big hope is that you now feel encouraged to embrace being a novice or student and that you have the confidence to do the things that make you happy in life. As always, the show notes are available over at thecarmedit.com slash pod slash 10. And I just wanted to say that I've been really humbled by the wonderful feedback about the podcast. And I'm so very grateful that you continue to show up here and listen each week. So thank you. I'll be back next week with more Karma Living tips and advice. But until then, please take care of yourself. Bye.